0: cochrane for all better evidence for better health decisions right hello everyone uh this is andre and welcome back to the cochrane for all podcast i'm here with two cochrane systematic reviewers it's great to get a couple of reviewers on the podcast so thanks a lot for joining us it's marita and Teresa. do you want to introduce yourselves please
1: thank you thank you for letting us uh, come here today um my name is Therese Christina Dalspø. I work at the
2: Norwegian Institute of Public Health with my colleague. Here is Marita Fønhus, and I also work at the Norwegian Institute of Public Health and EPAC and Cochrane Norway.
0: And you've just published a new systematic review on patient-mediated interventions to improve professional practice. So this is very much a review that plays to the theme of this conference that we're at here. Um, And for me, it's a review that kind of makes intuitive sense. So I have a few health conditions myself and I've been along to the doctor uh, and I've worked in evidence-based healthcare for 20 years. So when I go to my doctor and ask about things, I tend to go along with a meta-analysis or two. Um, And when I present that evidence to my doctor, I often get a very, whoa, what's this kind of response? And they suddenly wake up and become much more attentive. Um... So it makes sense to me that if you go along with information or evidence or some kind of piece of evidence that actually demonstrates you are an engaged patient and you know what you're talking about, that that would have an impact on clinical practice, clinical behaviour. And patient-mediated interventions, that is not a, necessarily a phrase that everyone will <laughs> understand. Tell us what that covers, what kind of interventions you are looking at here.
2: Um, we, ha- we have used a uh, definition that is any intervention aimed at changing the performance of healthcare professionals through interaction with patients or information provided by or to
0: patients. Okay. So it's
2: very wide.
0: So it's things like giving information to patients so that when they go to meet with their clinician, mm. they have a different experience than they would if they just turned up. Um, yeah. or educating them in such a way that they can mm. engage in shared decision making mm. um, or I guess getting involved in the actual organisation that they're working yes. within.
2: Yes, and being uh, part of a committee or board at the hospital uh, or they can actually educate as you say, uh, personal staff or um, or GPs uh, how, on how to make clinical examinations, how to approach patients, etc. And you also have this uh, one category that we have named uh, information from patients about own health concerns or needs, which is one uh, category where, for instance, uh, before a clinical encounter you're sitting in the waiting room and you're filling out uh, a form about your own health where they may assess risk factors or uh, see if you are are above a threshold for a mental
0: uh, conditions, so yeah. Mm. So it sounds like a really tricky review to do because you've got such a wide potential pool of review of, of research to draw on, and there's mm. lots of potential false positives that you need to mm. exclude. Um, what did you find? What, what, how many studies did you find, and what were they about?
1: We should say that it's updated uh, by March 2018, mm. so it's quite a recent uh, search. Uh, and up to then we found and included 25 randomized control trials hmm. quite a few of them were cluster randomized
2: and uh, yeah and, and within those 25 uh, studies six were uh, the one we categorized as patients giving information about themselves And we had 13 in the category of patient information, like patients receiving reminders or simple one-sheet information about best treatments. Um, And then we had five that fell into the category of patient education, and then we have one on decision aids. But there were some difficulties um, when uh, trying to categorize information and education because mm-hmm. there's there not a clean cut line between those two so they were um based on our interpretation of of the of the different definitions and the and the way it was um um described in the studies
0: okay yeah. and what were the findings Where's where's the strongest evidence here
2: well the strongest evidence is for the interventions where patients give information about their own health concern or needs um, which we have moderate certainty in the findings Um, and we also have moderate certainty about patient education interventions uh... very positive and also patient information uh... but they these the results or the findings were um, low quality or low certainty.
0: So, just to kind of paraphrase that in layman's terms, um, if you're talking about educating patients, so we're saying that there are um, str- there's some certainty in the evidence that by educating patients that will improve clinical practice. Yeah. Okay, I mean yes. that's, a, that's a really kind of mm. intuitive mm. thing. Yeah. Mm. And
1: moderate is, is quite good, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only, yeah. it's, it, it's not high, but it's moderate. So I would say it's yeah. very solid. Okay, mm. And in mm. terms
0: of the patient information being given to clinicians, can you give us an example of the sort of thing that people would, what kind of information is being captured and how is that used by the clinician?
2: Well, for instance, um, if, if there's focus on mental health, uh, and you want to detect and to to um, to manage and treat uh, or maybe refer um, cases where it's it's needed. Um, then you have this, for instance, uh, a questionnaire in the waiting area where um, patients can uh, fill out while they wait for the clinical consultation, and then the the This meeting can then be also set by what's captured in this uh, questionnaire. Maybe that person wasn't there to to, f- uh, to talk about their mental health, but it really is the issue for the person, so this might might set the clinical agenda differently than it would without this um, kind of information getting retrieved from the patient.
0: Right, okay, that's really interesting. So you're talking there about having kind of diagnostic checklists for things like depression and anxiety, just as a general, that you give to everyone who's in a cluster trial, mm. um, and that information is given on to the, the general practitioner. Mm.
2: Or you can have uh, a form filled out by a care, for instance a parent with, with a child with asthma, asthma um, and. Uh, you can also have different types of risk assessments if you're in, at risk for um, developing uh, diabetes or, or other chronic conditions. That um, this, this will be, um, this will fall in with this category. Um, yeah.
0: So what's your sense? Is it the fact that the clinician is thinking about that thing, um, you know, so for de- depression, for example, that doesn't get picked up a lot of the time in primary care settings because people present with all sorts of other you know, physical complaints or tiredness or whatever. Um, is your sense that it's the, actually the act of giving to the general practitioner a piece of information that says, "Look, talk about depression," or do you think it's actually the the content of the information that's making the difference?
1: I think the point here is is more the the awareness of uh, of more than just uh, asking for depression, but more like asking how the person what's what's going on in the life of the person Mm. um, rather than are you depressed Mm. (laughs) so to speak so that if you have multiple questions that can tap into for example mood Mm. uh, that would be something that the patient and the physician can talk about together in their meeting afterwards
0: yeah and i guess as primary care in this country, I'm sure it's the same in Norway, is extremely pressurised and patients the typically same. have you know three mm-hmm. or four minutes with their GP. And if you go in asking for antibiotics because you've got flu, then you're not necessarily going to speak about mental well-being as part mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, it's putting it on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm, interesting. So what's the kind of takeaway message, do you think, from this review in terms of practice, in terms of other research?
1: Well, well the main finding is that patients... Can contribute to increase how the doctors adhere to guidelines mm-hmm. that's that 's the main take home message I would say mm-hmm. um, and I think that well, you mentioned that we found evidence for some interventions, but there are also some interventions we didn 't find uh, data on mm-hmm.
2: uh, and also yeah example of those can uh, where patients are uh, part of a committee or a board in, in a hospital or even at a higher level and where patients are a part of the education of, of healthcare personnel um, but also another thing that's that was quite challenging in this process was, was this terminology and the definitions used in this field because there's so many disciplines and professionals that work within this field so it made it kind of hard to, to make a systematic approach <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also um, also the, the comparisons and, and what's usual care and standard care um, we would love if if we in future studies can, can really describe in details both the intervention but also the comparison so we know what we're really pulling together yeah. mm-hmm. I'm
0: really interested in the point about Um, there not being any randomised evidence that getting patients involved at board level in a health organisation is a good thing because that's something that happens right across the board, we're doing that Mm. already Um, and it kind of plays to Jennifer Johansson's um, keynote I think later on in the conference where she's talking about patient engagement and are we doing it because we know that it actually works Mm. or are we just doing it because we feel that we should be involving people and co-producing. What's your sense, what's your feeling about that? If we don't have any randomised evidence, would it be randomised evidence that we would be looking for, do you think? Or is other sorts of research more appropriate?
2: There, there might, it might be that the focus has been on, on process outcomes and on patient health outcomes, but not necessarily uh, regarding those that are actually doing the job, which are the healthcare professionals. So, so this is just a, a shift in focus, I guess, and um, that we should maybe think more about in the future. So, so I guess th- there are probably lots of studies that shows that this is sensible and it, it's a good effect to have patient education, no patient uh, involvement in in all of these kinds of areas, but they just haven't looked at the f- this specific focus on on professional practice Mm. I guess. Mm -hmm. And we should also say that uh,
1: we only searched for randomized controlled trials so there could be for example very high quality interrupted time series that say something about involving patients in boards. Uh, Mm. Also we didn't uh, search for studies on for example uh, Types of interventions delivered to health students I mean such as Mm. doctors training to be to be uh, sorry a student training to be a doctor or someone training to be a nurse that could also be several interventions where Mm. we don't have Mm. where we didn't tap into it
0: yeah yeah I guess there's lots of qualitative evidence as well about working together and co-producing yeah um and maybe that's mm. often the kind of thing that you would look for to answer some of those questions.
2: Mm. Yeah, and another thing, we had a lot of outcomes that we, we thought were interesting to, to find an answer for. And, and of course, besides uh, patient health outcomes, uh, we also wanted to see if there, there were any effects on, on, um, that we should be concerned about uh, dealing with interactions between the, the patient and the, the, and the doctor, um, how satisfied they were, the acceptance and so on. We didn't find anything about those dif- important um, outcomes, um, which kind of is this, this com- communication and trust relationship and, and how this works. So we don't know enough yet. So. really hoping that a lot of new studies look into this
1: yeah and it would also be interesting to, to see some qualitative reviews on this as to how the patients for example feel about having a form to fill in before the consultation and also if if the doctors find it worthwhile do they like it do they use it do they find it more complicating hmm.
2: that, that would also be interesting questions hmm. um, and more about um, it, you know the um, health economics here and and also equity and there's a lot of issues here that haven't been covered because we didn't find anything
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's really interesting work thanks a lot for joining me and talking about it and uh, yeah hope you enjoy the rest of the conference
2: thank you thank you Cochrane for all
0: better evidence for everyone follow the hashtag Cochrane for all to get the science and evidence to empower better decisions